Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Let's give God praise. Come on, everyone in this building, whatever you do, just do something. Maybe it's clapping your hands. Maybe it's stomping your feet. Maybe it's shouting with a voice of triumph. Whatever you do, give God praise. Come on, he's in this house. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're worthy of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody clap your hands and shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Come on. Let the devil know you got victory here tonight. Hallelujah. I'm victorious in Jesus. Hallelujah. My God is more than sufficient. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It feels so good in the house of the Lord here tonight. Amen. And to feel the presence of God and just to be encountering, amen, that, that presence that can transform your life forever. Amen. I love the fact that God meets with us, amen, week in, week out. I think that we can take that for granted, uh, but you just got to travel around a little while. And uh, I've been to some churches that a funeral home would be more alive. So I'm glad to be in an apostolic church here tonight. How about you? Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1. As you're turning there, I um, just want to say what a wonderful job the music team did here tonight. Amen. You can tell that they put some practice in and some prayer, and you could feel it in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Also, I want to ask that uh, we would keep my wife in prayer. She is traveling to Florida for uh, her friend got married today and she's going to be helping my father-in-law uh, this weekend with music because he just his main musicians off, off off on a honeymoon I don't know why they're skipping church but uh, she's going to help him out this weekend but I'm thankful for our music team just stepping up and stepping in and doing a great job amen praise God it was good to see Elder Johnson back on the horn praise God amen how many is ready to have some church here tonight? Praise God. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now everything inside me wants to read verse number 2. But I feel like I might get off track if I do it. But let's, let's read it anyways. Verse number 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I'm not going to be preaching out of verse number 2. I just want to read it because it's a great verse. I just love the Bible, man. I just Be not conformed to this world. That's coming to a service near you. Hallelujah. But tonight, I want to focus in on, 
on what he said in verse number one. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Everybody say that. It's my reasonable service. You know what that translates out to, to hood English? It's the least I can do. It's the least I can do. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, it's the least I can do. And I want to I wanna talk to us. I feel like the Holy Ghost has given me very strong direction in this season. Uh, we're talking about the year of the overflow, and we talk about holiness. It is an overflow. And so uh, for the next while, we're going to be talking about holiness, and, and uh, I feel strong direction to continue to talk to us about why we live holy. And so tonight, I want to take it from another angle and uh, hopefully be as thorough as possible. I want to teach, preach, screech, anything in between on this subject because of mercy. Because of mercy. Would you sit down your Bibles and pray with us? Amen. That the Lord would speak to us. He's already been moving in this house. Come on, church. I feel him moving up and down these aisles. I feel him on this platform. God, I'm praying that you would help us to hear the word of God, to make it applicable, amen, to each and every individual here tonight, that we would receive it with all readiness of mind and heart. In Jesus' wonderful name, and everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments here tonight. Because of mercy. Paul opens up this exhortation with a plea. I beseech thee. Another old English way of saying, I am pleading with you. Modern language would put it this way. I am begging you. I am begging you. I'm amazed that if you look through the scripture that God is beseeching mankind over and over, that it is God in his, his divine holiness and his love and in his mercy, his mercy is pleading with mankind. Throughout the New Testament, we will find the apostles pleading and working and begging God's people in Romans chapter 15, Paul pleads with the church to pray for him. In chapter 16, he pleads with them to mark those who cause division. He pleads with the Corinthians to not have any divisions. He begged them to follow him as the pastor as he followed Christ. He begged them to submit to the leadership that God had placed in the church. He, in God's stead, pleaded with them to be reconciled to God. He pled with them to pled, pled with them not to receive the grace of God in vain or without purpose or to make it worthless. Amen. To the Ephesians, he pleaded that they would walk worthy of their calling. He exhorted the Thessalonians, amen, to walk pleasing to their God. Peter pleaded with the people to abstain from fleshly lusts. John begged and he pleaded with the elect lady and her children of the church in her house 
to love one another. Amen. I want to tell you that part of the gospel message is begging people to receive the gospel. Part of the gospel message, as insane as it seems, is to try to instruct those that are in opposition to their very own self. I have found time and time again that that it is part of the ministry's job, amen, as absurd as it might seem, to try to convince, to plead with people, to work with people, to just do what Jesus has told them to do. You'd think that you could just say, well, Jesus said it and people would do it. But sometimes you've got to present it in every way possible to plead with people and to, to show every reason why and to explain it in every way to make sure you thoroughly go through every part of the Bible to convince people to do that which is good for them. Amen. I, I thank God for a pastor that worked with me when I was not willing to work on myself. Amen. I'm thankful to a God that would work with me and convince me and convict me even when I did not want to be worked on and I did not want to be convicted and I didn't want God to move in my life. I'm thankful that God beseeched me. I'm thankful that the Word of God beseeched me, that it did everything in its power to convince me to obey the Word of God. Are you thankful for the Word here tonight? Amen. There's times where you, you've got to explain to people and you've got to almost, if it were, get on your knees and beg them to get saved. Amen. I think it's insane because if I told you there was $10 million check with your name on it, I don't think I'd have to beg anybody to go after it. But when you talk about something that is worth more than silver and gold, sometimes you have to convince them that it is in their best interest. It's like giving your kids medicine. You know it's good for them, but they don't know it's good for them yet. So you've almost got to beg them to receive what is good for them. I'm thankful for people of God that, that have received the word with gladness for every time that we've had to be begged and pleaded with and beseeched. I'm thankful for people that have said, whatever God has for me, whatever the word of God says, I'm thankful there's people here tonight that you don't got to beg them to do it. You don't got to twist their arm to do it. But they have said we will receive the word of God with gladness. If that's you, clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. But I want you to see the heart of the pastor here tonight, not just my heart, but the heart of Paul as a pastor. He is begging them and he is pleading them. He is beseeching them to do what? To simply obey the word of God and to live holy. He is begging them to live and to present their bodies unto God as a living sacrifice. Amen. A sacrifice that is holy and acceptable unto God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. Paul is begging them to present their bodies unto God. 1 Corinthians 16 and 19 we see Paul doing this over 
and over again. He said, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. I want to start by talking to us tonight that God cares about your body. He asked them a question. Do you not realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? In the book of 1 Corinthians, if you've got it open, flip open to chapter 3, verse 16. He says it again. He says, know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man or woman defiles the temple of God, him or her shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Amen. I want you to know that he is telling us that our bodies belong to God, that our bodies are in fact the temple of the Holy Ghost, and the Spirit of God is dwelling inside of that. Amen. In verse 15 of chapter 6, amen, he says, know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. For those that would say, well, God only cares about my heart. I want to tell you here today that that is bad theology, that that is not true, that that is false. Well, God only cares about my heart. God only cares about my soul. That is not true. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23 says this, And the very God of peace shall sanctify you wholly. That's W-H-O-L-L-Y, which means completely. And I pray, God, that your whole, speaking of complete spirit, and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I would not go to a church or believe any gospel that tells you God only redeems the soul of man, that God only cares about the heart, that God only wants to fix one part of your life. But my Bible tells me that he is the God of peace that will sanctify us, make us holy completely. He defines out what complete is. Your whole spirit, your whole soul, your whole body. We serve a God here tonight that redeems the entirety of man. He redeems the whole man. He did not just pay for part of your life. But when he bought you with a price, he paid for the entire man. Somebody give God praise here tonight. God redeemed the entire man. Amen. I want you to know that's why we can believe God for healing. Because God didn't just buy your soul with a price. He didn't just buy your spirit. But by his stripes, the Bible says, you are healed. Amen. Because of the sacrifice that Jesus made, being whipped and beaten on Calvary. Amen. He said that I came to redeem the whole body as well. And you can trust in him that you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Somebody give God praise. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, God cares about your body. Turn to your other neighbor and say, God cares about your soul. Turn to the person behind you and say, God cares about your spirit. Amen. Turn to the pastor and say, God cares about all of me. I want you to know God cares about the whole man. Amen. You didn't get saved and just part of you got saved. But God wants to save all of you. I feel a mandate from heaven, amen, to not just preach to one part of humanity, but to preach to the whole man. This is why we took a whole month out and we talked about finances, because I believe God wants to redeem every part of man, that God is interested in getting into every part of your life, and he doesn't make it worse. He makes it better. Somebody give God praise here tonight. So God cares about your body. We're going to talk about that here tonight. He cares what you put on it. Hallelujah. Well, God doesn't care about none of this. I can dress however I want. I can paint myself however I want. I can inject needles with ink into my body, and I can, I can make myself designs that don't go away. God cares what you put on your body. God cares what you put in your body. Amen. Well, I can smoke, I can drink, I can, I can, I can, I can ingest all of these things. Amen. I can, I can even go to the place of gluttony where I, 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 I eat myself to death. I want to tell you that God is interested in redeeming the body as well. He is also interested what you do with your body. We have a very strong biblical case for outward holiness just as much as we have a case in the Bible for inward holiness. Holiness in my whole spirit. Everybody say whole. Everybody say holy, holy. you got to have it all. Whole. Amen. There's, this is why when God gets into your spirit, the Bible talks about a broken spirit who can bear. God gets into that broken spirit, and he starts putting it back together, and he takes the fragments of your life, and he mends it, and he takes what was fragmented and broke, and he takes it, and he makes it whole with a W. Amen. He makes it complete, and then he, took, he goes from redeeming it and making it complete, making it whole, and he starts working on making it holy, making it separate like unto himself. The same thing is said. He starts in the in the in the in the broken spirit and he makes it whole and then he makes it holy. And then he moves on to the soul. He takes the broken soul, the beaten soul, the bruised soul. He makes it whole and then he makes it holy. And then he moves on to the body and he starts taking the body that has been used and abused by life and by our sinful nature and he makes it whole and then he makes it holy. And somebody said amen. Romans 6 and 12, the Bible says, let, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members, speaking of your body, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and that your members as instruments of righteousness unto sin. God. Amen. God cares about redeeming the whole man, body, soul, and spirit. 
And you find it over and over again. Paul is begging the church. And this is where we get to Romans chapter 12. He said it over and over again. Each church that he's gone to, amen, he's dealing with a world that's as messed up as our world. Amen. That is that, that in Romans chapter 6, amen, and, and other chapters and other verses, he talks about that people have given themselves over to uncleanness, to lasciviousness, to idolatry, to all these things. They've left the natural effect of uh, uh, the natural uses, amen, of life, and, and they've turned themselves over, amen, to their lusts and to their desires, uh, amen. And he tells them that if you do that, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. And here he's begging the church uh, that they would yield their body not to the lust of the flesh, uh, amen, not to give it over to whatever they desire. Uh, he said, but would you yield your members, not talking about people in the church, uh, but he's talking about the body parts, uh, amen, that you would yield your hands not to go and to work unrighteousness, uh, but your hands were meant to be lifted up. The Bible talks about brawlers. Amen. Your hands, men, weren't meant to beat one another up or to beat your wife. Amen. The hands, the Bible says, I will therefore that men lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. He's saying, I want you to yield your body. When you come to church, amen, the reason we get engaged in worship is we are engaging the whole man. We are engaging body, soul, and spirit. Amen. I, I, I want God to redeem the whole man. Uh, amen. These feet that used to go places that, amen, that they should have gone now run the aisles. These hands uh, that used to be involved in all sorts of things, they now are being yielded. This mouth that used to curse the name of God is now used to praise the name of the Lord. What am I doing? I'm engaging my whole man. Oh, somebody give God praise. That's what happens when you clap your hands and shout. You're engaging the whole man. You're saying, I will yield myself not to my desires, but I will yield myself to God. Man, the whole body, you got to yield the whole body. Paul had to deal with it over and over again. In fact, it's one of the main subjects in the New Testament church. Amen. He talked about fornication. He says every other sin that man does is without the body. But he said with fornication, you are sinning against your own body. And this is where people that shack up and people that go, amen, and have one, one, one lover and then another lover and then they keep moving. That's how our world does it. One night stands. What they don't realize is they are sinning against their own body, amen. But when you get saved, amen, God redeems the whole man. And he brings forth preaching and he brings forth the word of God that says don't yield yourself. I know that maybe that's a, a desire you have. Uh, but you don't yield your body to that uh, because my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Let's talk about a few other things. People have said, well, well, marijuana is legal now. We should, it's, it's natural. Well, we call it weed and thorns and thistles and weeds were part of the curse, but hallelujah, let's go with it anyways. Amen. The Bible says the Spirit of God dwells in you, in your mortal body, that when you receive the Holy Ghost, amen, it wasn't just some spiritual act activation, but it was inside your mortal body. Amen. As much as you think, as much as you got a brain, you got the Holy Ghost on the inside of your mortal body. Amen. And he said that who Whoever defiles the temple, him or her shall God destroy. God takes it very serious. What his church does with their body, what they put on or take off of their body. God takes it real serious because he says, just like you are a royal priesthood, I want to relegate you back to the Old Testament and say you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The temple was not ugly. The temple wasn't, wasn't manufactured. Amen. By bricks, but there was a natural beauty to it. Yes, sir. 
Amen. Hallelujah. In fact, the Bible says of the temple that there was to be no sound of the hammer. There was to be no sound of the chisel. Amen. That it was to not use bricks, but they were to use stones. And those stones were hewed out of the mountain, and they were brought to the temple. And there's people that say, well, God didn't care about, amen, what I put on my body or what I paint on my face or what I pierce through my body. God doesn't care about that. I come to differ with that because even the temple in the Old Testament was not even to have the sound of a hammer. What is that? That is that is taking, amen, an instrument of man to something that was meant for God. And God doesn't want there to be an instrument of man or an addition of man or a subtraction of man. Well, I just need a little more and a few beautiful. No, you don't. What you got to do is say, I'm already beautiful because God has beautified me in holiness. Oh, somebody give God praise. Hallelujah. Well, I, 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 need to, I, need to, I need to fix what God has broken. Amen. Some people say, well, I, I don't feel pretty enough, so they got to paint themselves. Well, here's, let's talk about this for a moment. Make up. What are you trying to make up? Hallelujah. We're not liars. What are you trying to make up? We don't need to make anything up. Hallelujah. I've got to add something to make myself better. The Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, God made a mistake. No, he didn't. He didn't make any mistakes. Hallelujah. He says, your body's a temple. What you put on it, he said, I, I didn't want some things on my temple. You never painted the walls of the temple. Hallelujah. Let's go a little further. What goes in the temple, all right? What, what, what was allowed in the temple of the Old Testament had to first go through the altar. Hallelujah. There's people that have brought things into their temple, brought things into their life that did not first go through the altar. Hallelujah. Let's continue on here tonight for the sake of time. He said this in, in 1 Corinthians, you are not your own. David recognized that whatever we give to God belongs to him anyways. Israel gave money to build the temple, the tabernacle, willingly and abundantly because it ultimately came from God anyways. They were just giving it back to God. Amen. When you are presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice uh, that is holy and acceptable, what you are saying is, my body is not my own. Uh, amen. God gave me this life. Uh, that's what the Bible really is saying when it says, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. It's a recognition that says, God gave me breath in my mortal body, and I am going to use that breath not to gossip, not to curse, uh, but I am going to use that body uh, to give God praise. Somebody clap your hands and give God a shout. Oh, come on, let's give God a shout of praise. I got breath, but I recognize it came from Jesus. It came from God. And that breath in my mortal body, I'm going to use it. I'm going to yield it as an instrument of righteousness. I'm to yield myself to him. Man, you are not your own. So therefore, I'm not going to uh, do something that God would not be okay with. Hey Amen. If you came over, if I came over to your house and I decided to spray paint your house, how'd you feel about that? Pretty mad, right? Because it's not my house. Hallelujah. You own it. It's yours. The Bible says that you and I were bought with a price, our body. This is not talking about some, some spiritual 
concept. It's talking about your body, your physical body. He said, I bought it. I bought it with a price. It's not yours anymore. And, and so, well, there might have been some things you did before God. Well, guess what? Now that you got, you got born again, amen, not of corruptible seed, that is to say of this world or of this earth, but you were born again, amen, of water and of spirit, a spiritual birth. At that moment, you were purchased by the blood of Jesus. And he said, you are no longer your own. I own you. Amen. You have just given the deed of your life over to Jesus. And he says, whatever I want you to put on. Amen. Whatever I want the house color to be, that's the house color it's going to be. Amen. If God starts giving you gray hair, don't paint it up. Amen. Because God said, I want the house to have gray hair. If God said, I want the house to have a little wrinkles, you just let the house have a little wrinkles. Amen. Hallelujah. If God said, this is my house and that's just how I want the lawn to look, you let the lawn look that way because I realize this is not mine. This is the Lord's. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and pray for a few moments. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If God said, don't adorn, don't adorn yourself or put on your body gold and pearls and jewelry. He said that in the in 1 Timothy. He said, if he said to not do that, I believe him at his word. He does not want that on his temple. He doesn't need anything external. Hallelujah. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. And then he continues on, therefore, or because of that, glorify God in your body and your spirit which are his hallelujah first corinthians second corinthians 5 and 15 the bible says and that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves but unto him which dieth for them and rose again amen he said because, amen, you were bought with a price. Therefore, because of this reason, I want you to glorify God in your body. Amen. Everything we do or do not do, I'm trying to answer some whys here tonight. Amen. Is A, because we find it as a principle in the Word of God, but also it's because we do this for God. We live the way we live. We dress the way we dress. We act the way we act. We speak the way we speak. We worship the way we we worship so that we might glorify God. What we are doing is we are saying it is no longer about me. I'm not trying to draw attention to me. I want to give all of the glory and all of the attention attention back to my God. Amen. Church, I've got to preach this. I've got to teach this. I've got to talk about this because we are living in a generation that is asking the question, what is in it for me? What about me? The Bible Bible says in the last days they shall be lovers of them own selves. Amen. Some people think that their body is all about them. Amen. That it was not bought by Jesus for a price. That's why they're always content and always compelled to post selfies on social media and glorify themselves in promiscuous ways. But I want to tell you that you are not your own. You were bought with a price and your body was not to be sensual for somebody else. Amen. But your body and your spirit was meant to glorify God. So anything that doesn't glorify God in my body, it's got to go. Anything that doesn't give God praise, it's got to go. Anything that detracts from God, it's got to go. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray for a few moments.
Glorify God in your bodies. What you put on it, what you put in it, and what you do with it. You got to make sure everything is glorifying God. You got to ask the question does this glorify God? Not does this make me look more attractive? Does this glorify God? Not does this draw attention to me? Does this glorify God? Does this make others think about me? Or does it make people think about Jesus? I want my life to be used and yielded to God. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want to be a Christian. Jesus said, if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself. Amen. Somebody say, i got to deny me. You, you, you've denied other people. You've even denied uh, certain, uh, certain activities of, of life. You've denied, uh, you've denied all sorts of things in your world. Amen. Day by day, you've denied people and you've denied things. But, but one thing we have a trouble denying is right here in the mirror. It's denying me. And sometimes holiness, uh, amen, is, is a test of my Christianity. It says, can I, can I deny what I desire? Can I deny what is about me because... Uh, Amen. As John the Baptist said in, in John 3.30, I must decrease, uh, but he must increase. And sometimes to be a Christian, I've got to do what Jesus said. I've got to deny myself. Uh, amen. Sometimes my flesh wants certain things. Uh, my body wants certain things. Uh, but I know it's going to defile the temple. So I say no. Uh, there's times where I want to go certain places. Uh, amen. But I know that it's going to affect my body. Uh, and I say no. Uh, there's certain things I want to put on or take off. But I say no because I realize uh, that's what myself wants, uh, but I want to be a true Christian. Uh, I've got to deny myself. Uh, I've got to take up my cross, uh, and I'm going to follow Jesus. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify the Lord here tonight. Come on, let's take a moment. And sometimes you got to say, no, well, I, I want to do that. I want to go there. I, I want to I be involved in that. It would look pretty cool. All those things, uh, they go through the carnal nature of man. But you got to be willing to deny yourself. Amen. There's days, even if we're talking about it, there's days where you're going to have to deny eating. Because you're fasting. You're denying yourself. Hallelujah. There's going to be certain activities you don't involve yourself in because you know it would compromise Amen. Presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice. Hallelujah. There's certain clothing you're going to deny wearing because you know it would make you immodest and it would it would present your body in a provocative way or a revealing way. And you're going to say no. Why? Because even though you might desire to do it, you're going to deny yourself and you're going to take up your cross and you're going to follow Jesus because my body belongs to the Lord. And everybody said amen. And I want to I want to explain, Amen. He said that you are to present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is holy, Amen. You don't just present anybody; you present a holy body. You don't just present anybody; you present an acceptable body. This is where we look through the scriptures and we find out what God said, uh, Amen. The Bible says that a woman should not wear that which pertains to a man, Amen. This is this is not about chauvinism. This is about distinction. This is about modesty, and it's and it's it's it goes like this: uh, Ladies, don't wear what a man wears. Amen. This is why the women of our church, amen, we hold to the standard of ladies wearing dresses or skirts that are modest. Amen. Because it is distinct from that garment of a man. It does not split the leg. Amen. I know this is really intense here tonight, but I want to get through it for a moment. Amen. But but we have, we have some, our world might have a problem with that and say, what's the big deal? But yet if I were to bring a bunch of men in the building wearing skirts, you'd have a problem with that. Amen. I think it should 
should be just as extreme in our minds. Uh, ladies dress like ladies. Men dress like men. Uh, one of the first things God ever did in the Bible is he divided. Uh, he divided light from darkness. He divided from the waters above to the waters beneath. One of the first things God did in the book of Genesis is he brought separation. Uh, I think one of the things that we are missing uh, is this doctrine of separation that says I am not like this individual. And I'm not meaning that to be self-righteous. Uh, but ladies, you are meant to be a woman of God. Uh, stop trying to be a man of God. Uh, and vice versa, men, you were called to be a man. Uh, don't dress like a lady. Hallelujah. Let me preach to the, to the men for a moment. Uh, amen. Men of this current generation in society, they're wearing pants that are so tight and so revealing. Uh, amen. No longer do we got to preach to the ladies. We got to start preaching to the young men uh, about the fact that they are, they are showing way too much. Uh, amen. It's time uh, for us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable unto God. Amen. Which is our reasonable service. It's the least you can do. It makes good sense to offer your body as an instrument to God, to be used of God in the accomplishing of his purpose. I want you to think for a moment how people abuse their bodies. People abuse their bodies internally with alcohol, drugs, and that doesn't make any sense because they are destroying their body. Overeating, undereating, all of those are destroying their body. They, they defile their body uh, sexually, promiscuity runs rampant in our world, exposing themselves to all kinds of spirits and sicknesses. Amen. Oftentimes there's an attitude in this generation that says, it's my body and I can do what I please with it. Amen. But I want you to know if you hold to that line, you are aligning yourself with people that believe in abortion, that said that the woman's body is her own and she can do what she wants. Uh, amen. To that baby that's inside her. But I want to, I just want to say this real quick. Uh, your body's your body, but that body inside you is the baby's body. Hallelujah. I don't want to be mean. If that's, if that's something you've done, I want you to know there's grace and there's forgiveness, and God can help you get over the trauma of that. Amen. But, but I, want to, I want to just set it straight. There's a world that's saying, it's my body. It's my body. It's my body. But when you got the Holy Ghost, when you got the Spirit of God inside you, that body is no longer yours. You, you can't say, it's my body. I'll paint it how I like. It's my body. I'll wear what I like or don't wear what I like. It's, my, it's not your body anymore. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's God that's given us life. It's God that sustains life. I think of how many people use their bodies. Let's define this so everybody can get involved. People use their bodies for so many worthless purposes. They will tax their bodies to the limit for their job in a pursuit of earthly goals so they can keep up with the Joneses. They will work themselves straight into a grave, amen, so that they can have a little more money in the bank, so they can, so they can have a nicer house on a hill. Nothing wrong with having nice things, but when you present your bodies to your boss and to your job, amen, and it takes the precedent of presenting your bodies to being in church, amen, you've got to reconsider what you are doing with your body. Somebody said amen. Amen. I want you to know that, that your body not being yours, amen, goes beyond 
what you wear or don't wear. It goes on to where your body goes. There's certain places I don't go because my body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. And what, what communion has light with darkness? What communion has the temple of God with the temple of idols? Amen. There's a reason that I don't go. Amen. To certain events because my body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. There's a reason I don't sit down at a casino and start gambling away the money that God has blessed me with in a frivolous way because my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's why I don't sit down for hours and watch movie after movie, whether it's on a screen or on a phone, because my body, my eyes included, are the temple of the Holy Ghost, and I don't want anything that would, that would ruin the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's why I don't read certain books, because my mind is part of my body, and it's the temple of the Holy Ghost. This is why I don't go out clubbing, because my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. This is why I don't get drunk and drink alcohol, because my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. This is why I don't smoke or inject or pop pills, because my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Somebody lift up your hands and pray. What you yield your body to. Let's talk about what you listen to. We're going to get into that a little while later. I'll just say this. Be careful what you listen to. We'll preach on that in a couple weeks. Be careful what you look at. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You know, you have a, you have a thing in your body called a memory. Be, be, be careful what you memorize. Amen. What gets into your eyes, what gets into your memory. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? I want you to stop and think about that for a moment. That makes sense. If you gain the glory of the whole world, if you gain all the fame in the world, if you gain all the wealth of the world, how long will it last? If you killed your body to get something or to do something, what have you done? What will it, what will it, what will it profit you? You gained it all. I know people that, uh, let me just say this, they, they work until they're 70, 65, 70 years old, and, and I want you to working is of God. Please understand me. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about excessive. They work their body to the ground. My, my father was one of these guys that was never home. He was always at work. Amen. Never had time for family. Only had time for work. Amen. But, but they do this so that they can enjoy 10 years, 12 years, 20 years of their life. Amen. But I want to tell you that, that, that part, of, part of presenting your body as a living sacrifice is being present for your family. Hallelujah. You got to be present for your family because what would it what would it what would it gain you if you got the whole world? Uh, amen. You were able to buy everything and anything, but you missed out time in the house of God. You missed out time with the family of God. You missed out with time with your brother or with your sister. You missed out time with your spouse. You missed out time with your kids. Uh, I want to tell you, it's time to take the body back. Uh, it's time to take the body back and say, uh, my body belongs to Jesus. Uh, amen. And I'm going to give it all to Him. You got to think about it from this standpoint. Speaking of the body, if I put it on or take it off, if I put it in, amen. If I if I if I if I inject it, if I smoke it, if if I do something with my body that does not glorify God, is it worth? Even though I gained that, is it worth spending an eternity without God? And this brings me to what I've come to talk about. He's making his plea. I'm begging you. I am beseeching you. I am pleading with you. 
And how did he do it? By the mercy of God. I am begging you, in light of God's mercy, I am begging you, because God has been so merciful to you, I am pleading with you, amen, because of mercy that you and I have received, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is the least that you and I can do for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Church, I want to answer why before we ever get to the what or the how of holiness. I want to answer another why. We live for God the way we live for God. We do it because of the mercy of God. We do it because God's been so merciful to us. Would you stand and lift up your hands and let's pray. I, I, don't, I don't take the temple certain places because of the mercy of God. I don't watch certain things because Amen. I don't want to defile the temple of God because of the mercy of God. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't put things in my body, uh, amen, because of the mercy of God. I don't give myself over to promiscuity and other things of fornication and adultery because God's been so merciful to me. Uh, I bring my body uh, under subjection, as Paul said, because God's been so merciful to me. Uh, I present my hands lifted up as praise, glorifying God in my body because God has been so merciful to me. I sing with all my heart in a church house because God's been so merciful to me. I focus my eyes not on something that'll take me down, but I focus my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help because God's been so merciful to me. I'm holy. I, I, I strive to be holy and sanctified, acceptable and holy. Because it's the least I can do in light of the mercy of God. Pastor, why we got to dress like this? I want to remind you about the mercy of God. Well, Pastor, why can't we go here? I want to remind you about the mercy of God. Well, what's wrong with watching a lot of this or a little of that? Because of the mercy of God. Somebody might say, well, pastor, we're under grace, not under the law. But I want to remind us that grace is a higher law. In the Old Testament, it would say, don't do this. But in the New Testament, it would say, don't intend on doing that. Jesus would put it this way. You've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I say unto you, if you look on a woman to lust, you have committed it in your heart. Grace is a higher law. The Old Testament dealt with the fruit of sin, with the body itself. But the New Testament goes down to the very root of why somebody would choose to do that. We're under grace, not under the law. This is what Paul dealt with. We still deal with it today. Romans chapter 6, when he asked the question, shall we continue in sin so that grace can abound? Should I keep on sinning? You know, God's merciful anyways. And I, I did not come to talk about because of mercy, live however you want to live.
I came to invert that thought process. Because the thought process that says, well, God's gracious and God's merciful, so I should do whatever I want, is the wrong way of looking at mercy. Shall I keep on sinning because God will forgive me? Should I keep living the way I'm living? Should I keep presenting my body unholy and unacceptable before God? No. Well, God's gracious, isn't he? He is gracious. But you and I are called to be holy because his mercy. The grace of God should never lead you away from God. It should always lead you closer to God. The mercy and grace of God should never lead you into a life that is more filled with the debauchery and, and all of this unholiness and ungodliness and worldliness. The, the grace of God should always lead you away from all of that. Amen. Because the Bible would say, be ye holy, for he is holy. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Because of mercy, live holy. Because of mercy, dress holy. Because of mercy, operate your life in holiness, that which will glorify God, that which is acceptable. I came to bring up one final verse. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 4. I don't have time to explain all of this, but this is a verse that's been often mis misconstrued and misunderstood. For it is impossible to those that were once enlightened who have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted of the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they should fall away, to renew themselves again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. I openly refute the idea that people, once they've gotten saved and they, they backslide, can't get saved again. I, I refute that. That's not what that's saying. It's saying that if you try to go back to the Old Testament system, there's no more sacrifice for you. There's that You can't do that. Amen. But what he says, if, if those that have been enlightened, those that have received the gift of God, those that have obtained mercy, he said that, that those that leave and they've tasted this heavenly gift, they walk away and they stop living in holiness and righteousness and doing their reasonable service. He says what they end up doing is they end up crucifying him afresh and putting his sacrifice on an open shame. Church, I came to tell us here tonight that we are called to holiness, amen, because of what he did on Calvary. We are called to live right. We are called to dress right, amen. We are called to walk acceptable and glorify God in our bodies because I don't want to take what Jesus did on Calvary and write it off like it was no big deal and put him to an open shame and crucify him afresh, but I want to take him and say, God, because you've been so merciful to me, because your mercies are new every morning, if you will keep giving me that mercy, if you will keep giving me that grace, I will continue to grow. I will continue to learn. I will continue to walk in that mercy. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Because of mercy, 
because of mercy, I'm going to walk holiness. I'm going to walk in holiness because of mercy. Amen. I'm going to see your sacrifice on Calvary. And I'm not going to waste it. I'm not going to waste the mercy of God. Amen. Because what you did, you bear those sins in your mortal body. Amen. The least I can do is give you my body. The least I can do is present my body as a living sacrifice. The least I can do is use my body in a way that glorifies you. The least I can do, Jesus, is dress, amen, modestly. The least I can do, Jesus, is look at things that are going to be helping my Christian walk, not detracting from it. The least I can do is focus my mind on things that are heavenly and not things that are of this earth. The least I can do, God, is submit my carnal mind to the spiritual renewing. God, I want to give myself to you because you're merciful. Oh, somebody come and pray. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Come on, before we ever get to the what and the how of living holy, of dressing right. Amen. We'll get into all of that. We'll talk about it in depth. We'll go through the scriptures. But I want to remind you, amen, that it's because of the mercy of God you're even in church here today. So the reasonable service is to say, God, these hands, I'm going to give them back to you. Amen. This mouth, I'm not gossiping with it. I'm going to give praise and glory. These ears were not given over to this and that of the world, but they are given to hear the word of the Lord, that faith might increase. God, these eyes were meant to look, amen, to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, not to observe things that are going to take me away from the mercy of God. Lord, I want to dress right. I want to, I want to, I want to live right because you've been so merciful. Oh, come on, let's pray. Let's take a few moments and let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Rededicate yourself to the mercy of God. When I think about the sacrifice, when I think about Calvary, when I think about the blood that you shed for me, it's the least I can do is to give my life to you. Let's pray in the house of God. Somebody think about mercy here tonight. Come on, when you think about what God's brought you from, it's the least you can do to present your bodies before Him in holiness and separation from the world.
don't you worship him for his mercy? Let's worship him because of the mercy of God I present myself in worship my body I present my body as a living worship holy and acceptable unto you God it's my reasonable service We'll be talking about more things in the future, but and we'll go into some details and some specifics, but let me just talk, really I could probably talk to everybody because it's no longer just a man problem. It's becoming a, a people problem. This is why I would typically say this to the men, but ladies as well, you gotta guard your eyes. It's part of your body. There's things that don't glorify God, whether it's a, it's a movie, it's a show, they don't glorify God. The Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump, and in that context, he's talking about being presenting your bodies a living sacrifice. Amen. He's talking about being holy. Amen. So we got to guard our eyes, but, but it's becoming prevalent in our society. We'll probably do a, a whole lesson on it, but pornography. Or, and, and I, again, I know there's kids here, I'm, I'm, but we got to talk about it. Because if, if the church doesn't, their friend will. Scrolling through Instagram, you got to be careful. Guard your eyes. The Bible says, speaking of uh, Job, he said, I've made a covenant with my eyes. Does that mean you got to go download covenant eyes? Maybe, I don't know. But what he's really saying is, my eyes, part of my body, this is part of my body. I'm not going to look that direction. So if there's something that, that, that does not glorify God in your body. Maybe there's certain people you can't get around because they, they're, they're going to influence you and you know you can't handle it and, and they're going to slip slip a drink or they're going to hand you this or smoke this or, or there's some other things we don't have the liberty to talk about here today. You need to present your body as a living sacrifice. This is a, another reason that we don't we don't tattoo our bodies. We don't pierce them. Hallelujah. We don't color hair. We don't. There's a lot of things we don't do. But the reason is because of his mercy. I present my body. We'll get into all the other details later, but I want to remind us. If you've come to the house of God, I want you to know it's because of the mercy of God. If you're in church here today, there might be times, ladies, where you're thinking, man, this hair is annoying. I just wish I could cut it off and you don't do it, A, because it's in the Bible, and B, because of the mercy of God. Maybe you start getting embarrassed because you're starting to get some wrinkles, or maybe you're starting to get some gray hair. This goes for men and ladies. 
don't need Botox. That's showing us all that you got more wisdom than the rest of us. Glorify God in your body. Lift up your hands and praise God as an elder of the kingdom of God. Oh, come on, let's pray. I, I, I got more I could say, but let's just pray. Let's pray, God, because of your mercy, I have made it up in my mind because it's my reasonable service. It's the least I could do. I am going to present my body as a living sacrifice. I'm going to present my eyes, my ears, my lips, my voice. I'm going to present that to you as a living sacrifice. I'm going to present my physical body, God, amen, as worship unto you, God. And anything in my life, anything I put on, anything I take off, anything I put in my body or do with my body that is not glorifying you, that is not holy, and that is not acceptable, that is not part of my reasonable service, God, I'm going to repent of that. I'm going to turn from that because of your mercy and I'm going to allow you to convict me I'm going to allow you to move in my life and because of mercy I'm going to go and I'm going to go give my life my body as a living sacrifice in worship to you to glorify you because in you, in me I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost and the spirit of the Holy God is living on the inside and I don't want anything to compromise the relationship I have as the temple of the Holy Ghost in Jesus Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time. Somebody give God praise for his mercy here tonight. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. We'll see you on Sunday. God bless you.